Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Take the Cake listeners. Welcome or welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. A trigger warning for this episode, we do talk and and refer to people who are on a weight loss journey. And if that is something that is triggering to you, uh, maybe avoid this episode. Maybe you can come back in the future if it doesn't trigger you in the future. We don't go into detail. We don't really reference any numbers or anything like that. It's just a uh, brief point in the episode. Today, I am sharing a very special episode that I really, truly love. It is with Emily Cam. She's also known as Emily Does Fashion on TikTok and on Instagram. When I connected with Emily, which was a while ago, I immediately just fell in love with her work. She is so inspiring because she really integrates her body acceptance journey. She's very real and vulnerable and honest and open, which of course I love. And she does fashion, right? Emily does fashion. She does fashion in a way that is really inspiring. You know, she talks about different brands and she tries on different brands and she really shares her experience with navigating the very, very confusing world of fashion. You know, it seems like it feels like it should be easy to go shopping and it should be easy to just know your size and get your size and then the clothes are supposed to fit you, right? But it, that's not the reality. It's not the reality for really anyone. I don't know anyone who is in that world and who feels confident walking into a store or online shopping. It's a very, can be really anxiety provoking and it can be really scary. So I just adore Emily Um, She is a fashion and body acceptance content creator. She joined TikTok in 2020 and began creating realistic reviews that resonated with many who also struggle to find clothing that fits people and do not have a typical, quote, model body type. She has since continued making fashion and review videos, but has also started incorporating body acceptance themes into her content. So she's truly a gem. This interview is educational, inspiring, and I believe you will be left feeling more seen and heard. And there's also some really great applicable tips, tangible tips that you can use. Um, So I really hope that you love this episode as much as I do. Give her a follow and enjoy the episode. We have Emily here. I'm really, really grateful that you're on the show. I think we're both, we've just been chatting and we're both really excited to to be here right now talking to each other. So thank you so much for being here. Of course. I am just really, truly honored to be on this podcast. Um, I was just really surprised when you asked me and just really, really excited to chat with you today. I know. I can't believe you were so surprised. I mean, you have like a pretty big following and you like are doing so much amazing work. So it's like, wow, I can't believe you're surprised, but you're just a humble, humble person, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you're really sweet. I'm sure. Hey, 
probably a little bit of imposter syndrome. I definitely feel a lot of the times I'm like, oh, I, I'm not an expert on this. I don't know what to say on this, but um, yeah, just really sweet of you to reach out. Yeah. I really resonated with your message because it you just are like living in the moment and you're not, I don't know. I don't follow a lot of fashion. Would you call yourself a fashion blogger, fashion influencer? What What is the right word here? <laughs> That's a <laughs> good question. And something that I guess I struggle with, I think about, I'm like, well, what do I label myself as? Um, probably content creator. I feel like that's yeah. that's been thrown around a lot. And I feel like it resonates with me because I do like to create content and I put it out there. Um, influencer, as I'm sure it probably with a lot of people, it kind of has both negative and positive connotations. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I'd like to think that if I am an influencer, it's influencing in a positive way of like, you mm-hmm. know, influence your image about yourself rather than go buy this, you know, piece of clothing. I hope. For sure. No, that's definitely what gets, that's the message that's relayed for sure. I know influencer for me also has a negative connotation, but I do, I have had other guests on the show who have encouraged me to like reclaim the word influencer as like something that can be positive. And I'm like, eh, okay, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I appreciate that point of view. It's interesting. I definitely hadn't thought about that, but I like yeah. that, that idea. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Who knows? Okay. <laughs> I would love for you to tell me about your journey as a fashion content creator and your body acceptance journey and then like how they mesh together. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I've been thinking about that the past week of like, you know, what's my story and do I even have a story? Um, and I guess I'll take it kind of far back because I feel like it it kind of leads into to what I'm doing now. Um, so I grew up, I guess I'll say, in a very like restrictive and controlled household. Uh, I really wasn't allowed to like, eat what I wanted or dress the way that I wanted. And I feel like I always had this love for fashion and this love for like wanting to express myself and really you know, like physically and outwardly. And I really wasn't allowed to do that. Um, and I mean, I'll be honest, like I had a lot of self-hatred growing up. Like I really like hated almost everything about myself and it's hard for me to like dig back into that. But I think for me personally, it's really important to try to, you know, reconcile these past thoughts and this like past self with who I'm trying to become now. Um, and I, I did have a lot of like body image issues along with that. Um, I was actually smaller than I am now, but I really had a lot of body dysmorphia thinking that I was bigger than I am and really not thinking like I deserve to wear clothes that make me look good. Um, and this one story kind of sticks out to me and it's something that I really remember. Um, I think I was like about like 10 or 11 and my tennis coach at the time said to me, oh, you're a big, strong girl. And I remember, you know, being like a preteen, like feeling really bad about that. And I was like, oh, this is just not sitting right with me. I don't know why, like, maybe it's a compliment. Maybe I shouldn't feel bad about it. Um, And I remember going to my mom to try to look for some like reassurance, like, should I feel bad? Is this a problem? And just having that message kind of just like reinforce. It's like, she was like, yeah, you are a big girl. Like, why are you taking this the wrong way? Um, 
And I feel like it's very telling that that memory still sticks with me. And it's certainly something that shaped me. I was like, okay, like this is just my body. It's, it's, it's bigger. It's not beautiful. I can't embrace it. Um, and I really lived in that narrative until I moved out of my parents' house and I was really allowed to finally express myself, you know, with fashion, but also allowed to just like eat whatever I want, exercise like when I wanted and how much I wanted or how little um, I wanted. But (laughs) it's funny, it kind of came at this really interesting time where I moved out and, you know, I finally got onto birth control and I got an IUD, which I know people struggle with IUDs. I really, I've had a generally positive experience with them, but I gained a lot of weight uh, really quickly. And I think that probably pretty common for, for a lot of people who go on birth control, these stories I've heard. And so what happened, this was, you know, about four or five years ago is I finally was allowed to buy clothes and wear clothes that I wanted, but I also gained a lot of weight in a very quick amount of time, very short amount of time. And I just remember kind of like starting to feel that I can wear these beautiful clothes, these trendy clothes that I wanted to, but then like in a month, not fitting into them. And it really reinforcing these old, like negative self thoughts of like, oh, well then I, my body isn't good enough to wear what I want. I should go back to, to wearing, you know, baggy conservative clothes. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that style, you know, if that works for you, uh, you should do it. But at the time, you know, I really wanted to wear these things that I feel like I didn't deserve. Mm. And it's, it's taken a lot of, a lot of work to, I think, get where I am. And it, it really, started last year about a year and a half ago when I started doing social media and this may sound silly because you know social media I feel like isn't be taken as, as as a serious like career or a serious hobby but it's it's meant a lot to me and I think finding the community that I have that has that intersectionality of fashion and body confidence has like finally finally started my journey into body acceptance mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing and for going there. That was really real. I really resonate. I actually haven't felt kind of deeply emotional. I mean, I'm a coach, so I hear all the time people's journeys, but that like really struck a chord with me. So thank you for sharing and thank you for being honest about where you're at now. Yeah. Cause it really seems like you are maybe past a point of it being emotionally charged but it's nice to to feel and see that you're here for the ride and you're here for the journey so I really appreciate that and I really love your work oh thank you yeah and of course I I feel like that's something that I I I really value in you know is, is sharing my whole self and being honest you know I don't think that like being a positive force means that you should only show the positive parts of yourself, if that makes sense. You know, I I feel like you should, you should really show your own journey and like the truth so that other people, you know, can feel like they're there with you or can relate rather than like an an attainable goal or or a non-attainable goal that they should reach. A hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you. I, I absolutely agree. I wanted to talk about, you mentioned in a short short-ish span of time you gained weight and then your clothes that you have been yearning to wear that you bought yourself didn't fit anymore. 
that's something that I dealt with in my own recovery journey. And that's something that many of my clients deal with. So what, what happened in that time for you? Like what, what shifted, what did you end up doing with those clothes? Can you just tell me more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was, it was really hard. Um, you know, I was, I was in college and didn't have a lot of money. And so, you know, I'd, I'd buy clothes, grow out of them and then just feel horrible about myself, you know, feel like, God, you know, I spent my, my paycheck on, you know, this, this, these clothes, and then I don't fit into them. And for a long time, I'll be honest. Um, I kept the clothes that were too small for me, just thinking, you know, I'll lose weight. I'll fit into them someday. You know, this, this goal, always having this, like this, this goal of being smaller. Um, and looking back, I realized that it was really, really damaging for my mental health, you know, constantly thinking that I'm not good enough or that I have to change. And I'm still working towards that. I I just purged my closet a few months ago and I had thoughts of, well, I'll just keep these jeans or these shorts, you know, they're, they may be a size too small now, but you know, I'm working out, I can stop eating dessert. And sometimes I hesitate to talk about this because I don't want to discourage people from having a weight loss goal. Like if that's your journey and that's what you, what you need to be happy, that's amazing. And I want, you know, people to feel that, that that's a really positive thing. But for me personally, trying to accept my body where it's at, you know, constantly having clothes around that don't fit me and that are smaller was, was a really, really bad thing. Um, And I, like I said, you know, I think, starting the TikTok and the Instagram that, that I have and trying to, to share that it's like, Hey, it's okay that these clothes from a year ago, a couple months ago, you know, don't fit me anymore. And I'm going to get rid of them and actively choose to buy clothes. that are in my size has, has really helped. Yeah. I love what you said about, you know, p- different people on different journeys. And I, I think, I mean, for my experience, at least as well, I can relate to keeping clothes for longer than I should, or I, I don't want to say should, I don't like shooting myself, but like longer than maybe served me. Um, and I think the difference, it sounds like, like the difference between maybe you and me versus like somebody who's just eating a little healthier, exercising, like wants to lose some weight or work with their weight or find their natural weight is that it sounds like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you and me and a lot of my audience are trying to kind of get out of their bodies instead of getting in their bodies. Like they are working and living for a future version of themselves. That's not in alignment with who they really need to be. And so I really love that you have that, that perspective of like, that's just not my journey. Like that's just not where I'm at. And I think that that, is very meaningful to me because to be honest, I don't talk about weight loss on this podcast. I don't work with weight really, even in my practice, but that's because I don't work in that realm of people. That doesn't mean those people don't exist. So anyways, I appreciate that perspective um, a lot. And thank you for being honest. I, like I said, I also, I also, still even today where I'm fully recovered and feeling like my metabolism is healed and my body is at a 
the weight it wants to be. I'm still doing closet purges every six months or so because a my style is changing. I'm starting to buy nicer clothes, which is really, really fun and feels really good. And also, yeah, like my body is still continuing to change and it's just been a great learning experience for me to have that like radical acceptance of my body's literally always going to change. Like, it's not like I've landed and I'm just going to sit here for the rest of my life. Of course, I don't expect my body to change as much as it did when I was in the beginning stages of my like weight restoration journey. But I also am not going to just beat myself up if I continue to grow or my body continues to change. Oh, absolutely. And, and I definitely relate to that. You know, what you said about trying to, to find out where your body naturally wants to be, you know, and where it's naturally happy and where you're living both a physically and mentally healthy life. And just accepting that, you know, if, if you found that spot and you're at a certain weight, that's good. You know, that's a positive thing. If you've really, you know, landed on that happy spot. Yeah. And I think for anyone listening, if they're like, I'm not sure if I'm at the happy spot. I think if you're questioning it, it means you're not, to be honest, that's my, that's obviously a generalization, but I think just, yeah, generalizing, if you are questioning that right now, then you might not be there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that because I, I really ascribe to this idea that you should listen to yourself, you know, and I, I find that hard because it's, it's difficult for me to tease apart in my internal thoughts, like what's my actual voice and what is like society telling me I should feel. And that is really difficult and something that I absolutely still struggle with, but you know, I, I still <laughs> like a generalization, you know, I I still think it's really important to listen to yourself and really try to find like, yeah, how are you feeling? And if you're not feeling happy in a, in a space, then it's like, yeah, maybe you should make a change. Love. So can you give me some, maybe this is a hard question, but can you give me some like practical beginner friendly tips on people for people who are in a space where, you know, they want to maybe buy some clothes that really truly fit them in the present moment that they like, and that they, they like the style, but they're not accepting of their body in a way that feels good. Yes. I would love to try. Um, Mm -hmm. so, uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll back up a step and just say that like these like tips or things that I'll, I'll mention are stuff that I'm still working on, but that I hope that I've moved like to, to like the next step or like the next goal, because I, I very recently started to buy things that like a couple months ago, I would have thought they're not for my body type, whatever that means, or they're not flattering, um, you know, specifically things that are tighter and show my stomach, which is my, my main problem area. And I'm really trying to push past that and say, no, you know, fashion is not for specific body types. Fashion is for everybody. And if you like something, you should buy it. However, that is a, a really hard place to be in. You know, I, I really want to put that out there. I think a lot of people, including myself, aren't 100% there. And that is completely fine. Um, and I think how I was a few months ago or like a year ago when I was starting this, this path of, of trying to accept my body while also finding clothes that I felt good in. Um, I guess one thing I started doing which is probably a pretty obvious tip. And I've certainly heard a lot, which is where I got it from is 
you know, don't look at sizes. And that is very difficult when you're buying online and you're obviously, you know, have to order a specific size. It's easier if you're shopping in person, you can just, you know, grab something, a bunch of sizes, you go into the dressing room, you don't look at the tag, you don't look at the number, you know, whatever, and you just try it on and see what you feel comfortable in. But, you know, I would, I would encourage that. Just try not to think about I'm a large or I'm a 10, 12 and eight, six, like whatever, you know, try to not put yourself worth into a number. Um, so that's, that's one thing. Um, another thing is, and this is so difficult, but really trying to, again, kind of like listen to your own voice and not the voices around you. You know, if you like a piece of clothing, if you like something, go for it and try not to listen to the negativity that can be around you. And that unfortunately is out there. Um, I think something else, and I hesitate to say this because again, I feel like this falls into perhaps a a bit of a, a negative narrative, but, you know, find things that you feel comfortable in. And if that means covering a certain area of your body that you are uncomfortable with at the moment, go for it. If that makes you happy, you should go for it. You know, I, I was thinking about this when I was talking about shapewear the other day, um, because I feel like shapewear is so interesting to me and not taking on a tangent, but I feel like it relates, you know, on, on the one hand, if it makes you comfortable to wear shapewear, and if you feel like you will wear that dress or you will wear you know, whatever, if you have shapewear on, go for it. If it makes you happier, if it makes you confident, you should wear it. On the other hand, I don't really like this idea of like shapewear or like clothing that hides or changes a certain, you know, part of your body. Um, but I think, you know, both of these thoughts can exist in your head at one time. You know, you can be at the place where it's like at this moment, I need to wear shapewear or I need to wear, you know, something that hides my arms, my legs, like my stomach, whatever makes you a little uncomfortable at the moment, but then also know that like, Hey, this part of my body isn't wrong. You know, it's, it's valid and it's normal. And it's something that I want to not feel bad about, not feel ashamed about because you shouldn't, but it's difficult. You know, it, it's, it's really hard to hold these two kind of, uh, you know, different thoughts in your head. I love that though, that that is so sustainable to me. And that's makes a lot of sense because in my, in my eyes, when you make a choice, I think as long as you're open, you can learn from that experience and you can take new information from it. So it doesn't really matter there. I don't think there's a good or a bad choice. I think it's how are you responding to yourself and the choices that you're making? And I love that. It's kind of like, to me, it's almost like exposure therapy or like exposing yourself to new, uh, new unknown territory. And that's exactly what I practice in my coaching. It's interesting. I've never thought about it in I mean, I'm learning a lot from you. I've never thought about it in terms of clothing where I, I, I don't think in my recovery journey, you know, 2018, I, I wouldn't have felt comfortable during my weight restoration journey, wearing a really small bikini to a vacation. I wouldn't have felt comfortable. I do now, but I wouldn't have felt comfortable then. So I would have chose a one piece. And at the time that did serve me and I was able to almost like titrate up to 
what I really wanted to do, which was like, oh, I'd love to someday be comfortable enough to wear something kind of teeny tiny on the beach and feel feel good and feel accepting and enjoy and be present. But I don't, I I I feel like if I would have done that in that stage of my life where I wasn't comfortable, I would have probably felt like I was taking backward steps. I mean, I don't really believe anyone takes backward steps, but I wouldn't have felt good. So I really like that approach. Makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, no, I I love that. And I think I think it kind of speaks to this idea of like toxic positivity where it's like, you know, having these, like I mentioned before, you know, these unattainable goals and, you know, pushing, just be positive all the time, like love yourself all the time. Um, and, and again, this is a complicated idea, I feel like, because I do think people should be promoting self-love, but I think when it, when it's pushed that like, no, you should be here now, you know, you should love yourself right now. And like you talked about in your own journey, you know, if you were forced at that time to wear something that you didn't feel comfortable and all in the name of self-love, I feel like it, you know, it, it would have been a negative thing. It would have had negative effects. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I, I think this, this does kind of lead into, you know, body acceptance and body neutrality, you know, just like, I'm, okay with my body. I don't have to love it. I don't have to, you know, sing its praises every day. I don't have to do daily mirror affirmations if you're not there and that being okay. Yeah. I love, can you speak more about your experience with body neutrality? Just if you have any specific memories or anything like that? Yeah. Um, it's, you know, full, full credit to this, this YouTuber, Carrie Dayton. I love her. I, yeah. I watch her all the time. Um, I've loved her for years and honestly, you know, that her videos have really helped because she is very open about talking about, um, like her journey and kind of, um, investigation into body positivity. Um, and then now I feel like she talks a lot more about body neutrality and my, journey has mirrored that and kind of gone along with hers. Um, and, you know, I also want to say that I am not like an expert in the history of body positivity. I know very little, I think people should investigate the origins of that. You know, it's really rooted in marginalized black fat bodies. And I think that this movement has been a bit uh, corrupted just in the sense that I think people don't look at the origins of it and give credit to the original creators. Again, I'm not an expert and I don't want to speak as one. And I think we should, you know, do our own research in this, but um, all that being said, I think just kind of like high level, the idea of body positivity um, is very different than body neutrality. And like I mentioned that, you know, rather than trying to be positive all the time and trying to force yourself into this box of of, you know, self-love, because I, I do think that that can be a box. It can be restraining sometimes, but trying to really move into this more nebulous, you know, amorphous space of like, I can live with my feelings. I can, you know, live with the bad days when I, when I don't like my body. And I have still so many of those. Um, but then also be able to enjoy the positive days, you know, enjoy the days where I feel really amazing and I feel beautiful and I feel, you know, really accepting of my body, but like being okay with those two sides of myself and not like constantly hating or wanting to change the more, you know, negative side of that, because it's all 
life, right? It's all just the feelings that we're feeling. Yeah, I thank you. Thank you for that distinction too between the body positive movement versus just self-love because there is a big distinction there. So thank you for sharing that. I think that was a really um, kind of like clear and concise way of, of that distinction. And I haven't heard that perspective. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and I really love, I love your approach to body neutrality and I resonate as well. When I think back, maybe I couldn't have classified it at the time, but in my journey, I was pretty much exclusively body neutral. I mean, there wasn't, I remember a few moments in my earlier stages. Now I think I'm a a little more 50, 50 maybe, but I, in the beginning, in the middle stages, even I was really like, I just have to accept or just be neutral, not fixate, not body check. And that was what for me felt neutral, just living in my body and having a productive day without fixating on my body. Like, I think it's a very subjective and it it's clear to me that it means something different for everyone. So thank you for that. That was helpful. Yeah, of course. No, I, I feel exactly the same. And I think I had a very similar path of, yeah, I used to do a lot of body checking and the use of, I used to do a lot of, you know, staring in the mirror and usually just yeah, fixating on parts of myself that I hated. And like you said, trying to move past that and just like live, you know, without being conscious of this physical form, you know, just like trying to focus on your, your happiness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk more about sizing now. You had mentioned a really good tip and I like this tip as well of when you are, you know, maybe in the earlier parts of your journey, you don't really even check the size or you have a friend, you know, rip this tag off for you. So you don't see it, whatever it may be. Um, but where are you at now? And like, do you feel like in the future you can comfortably look at the sizing and kind of accept also, I'd love to know your experience. Cause you really talk about this on, on your social media of different sizes between different brands and like that whole journey. Cause I can't imagine. <laughs> oh my God. It is crazy. It is. Um, it's, well, it's upsetting really how inconsistent the sizing is because it does cause a huge amount of, I think, body dysmorphia and just, you know, really, you know, self, self-hatred, which is really, really upsetting. Um, but yeah, I guess thinking about my own journey, um, it's been ups and downs. Um, you know, I think my, my first like viral, I guess to use that word video on TikTok, or at least the one that took off, um, I tried clothes from Adika and I bought what I thought was my size, a size large um, and nothing fit. And mm-hmm. I remember trying on these clothes like off camera um, at the time I had like a hundred followers, but um, you know, I tried on these clothes. I was like, Oh, nothing fit. Like the pants didn't fit. I think I had like a shirt that didn't fit. And then I bought a, a puffer jacket that I thought made me look like a marshmallow. And I was really self-conscious of how big I thought I was. And I started to spiral um, Mm. really back into some really uh, negative thoughts. And I distinctly remember trying to pull myself out of that saying like, hey, just, you know, 
film it. Let's try to make this a positive thing. Let's try to laugh at ourselves. Let's try to take myself out of this pit that I was falling into. And I was really fortunate. I think that that resonated with some people. And I got a lot of people in those, those comments saying like, Oh, this is me. Like, I don't know what size I am. Like, I don't fit into this. Like I'm not, I don't look like the size zero model, you know, thank you for this. And uh, that really was a Kickstarter for me of trying to, to live in this space of saying, you know, I may be a large at other stores, but if I'm not a large at this store, then I'm going to not shop there or I'm going to, you know, talk about it, warn other people that this store's sizing may be weird and try to just move on and find clothes that do fit me. Um, but in terms of like numbers and sizing, I think, I don't know, you know, this is such a good question because I, I find myself definitely still thinking about sizing and still, mm-hmm. you know, thinking that like looking at, at sizing at different stores and trying to to see where I'm at. And that can definitely send me into tailspins, but I think really just talking about it more because I do try to put my sizes and my measurements in every one of my videos mm-hmm. um, that's helped to just kind of normalize it in my own head. And hopefully for other people that like, you know, this is my body, this is, you know, the, the size that I usually fit into, but that size can look different on different people you know, I've had a lot of people just kind of an odd comment say, you know, you're not a size 10. You don't look like a size 10. And I don't know if they mean that as a compliment. Hopefully they don't, because I don't think that is a compliment, but um, yeah, trying to break out of that mindset of, you know, size, a size doesn't look like a certain body type or look like a certain shape. And Mm -hmm. that, yeah, you can look one way and fit into, you know, a size 10 and someone else can look, uh, have a completely different body type and fit into a size 10. So that really Mm -hmm. means numbers don't mean anything. They truly don't. Um, I, before I was coaching, thank you for sharing that before I was a coach just last year for the past few years of my life, I was actually a fit model, which is when you go in for designers and you're like a human mannequin for them. And you, I used to, I used to do a lot of, I had clients, but you also do a lot of sub work, which means you go in like every client has like you know, usually one or two or three fit models that they see every week. And sometimes they're not available. So you sub for people and you go in and you're, you know, you have a different body than them. And they try and get people who have really similar measurements. It was a very, I'm glad I'm not doing it anymore to say the least really Mm -hmm. hard experience for me. Um, and any, and it was even just firsthand, I saw even designer clothing, not just clothing that's fast fashion. Designer clothing is so all over the place. And they, I I mean, I felt like I was a different size every single week and I wasn't, I really generally was staying the same size in my body. Mm -hmm. And it was just really a wild experience just to see firsthand, even these really super nice clothes that are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars are still having that like variant in sizing. And I actually would love to share, I haven't said this to anyone, but a couple of weeks ago I was shopping with my friend, um, which I never really do. I never really do in-person shopping anymore. We just like happened to go to Nordstrom. We were just looking around and I was in the market for some, for some new jeans. And I picked up three pairs of Levi's, which I thought three pairs, three different sizing and fit. Like surely one of these will fit me. They were all 
so small. I couldn't even get them over my butt. And I'm like, whoa, I really thought that I was this size. And then I went to Aritzia and I tried on the exact same size in a different brand mm-hmm. and they were big. And I'm like, oh, this is wild. Mm-hmm. It's wild out there. I mean, it, it really is so different. And I think I like your approach of just kind of laughing at it, getting to a point where you're like, this is kind of a silly joke that there's even sizing because like, thank goodness for free returns nowadays, <laughs> because like you, you can't really even guess. Right. You can't. And it's, um, you know, like I said before, it, it's, it's so damaging though, because it can really send people into just like, what size am I, you know, am I, am I, you know, X, Y, Z or ABC and, and is my worth associated with this? Like, oh, if I'm, if I'm bigger in this store than what I thought I was, you know, am I really that size and just, you know, really, really spinning. And I, I wish women's sizing was similar to men's where it's like pant sizes came in oh a way. Yeah. <laughs> my husband he knows his size. He's in the same size for like 10 years. I'm like, okay, yeah, never any issue. You can go store to store. It's like, yeah, I'm a 33 waist. All right, let's go. <laughs> uh, I love, I actually just purchased a sewing machine a few days ago. It's still in the mail. Um, and I'm really excited because I'm actually going to learn. I don't know how, maybe teach myself, maybe take a class on how to like tailor clothes um, and maybe someday make my own clothes. So I'm just like defying against this uh, world now. I'm just like, I mean, it is a lot of, I do have a lot of creative energy that I think will be really fun. I'm not just going to make clothes. I kind of want to make, you know, other stuff too, but I'm excited. Cause I'm like, Ooh, yeah. I'm like literally looking forward to it. I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I haven't thought about this yet. Cause it's so frustrating. I know I have like, I have these amazing pants that I had to get two sizes, maybe three sizes too big. Um, and because they fit me in the waist, they like, I needed to get a bigger waist, but mm-hmm. the leg is huge. Like it's like a wide leg pant and the mm-hmm. legs are huge because I don't know, they're, it's not a good sizing. And so I, I'm like, I just need, instead of like, not wearing these pants and like feeling sad about it. I just need to tailor these pants. I'm just going to do it myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. I, I have a sewing machine that was very kindly gifted to me. And very sadly, I don't use it. I really need to pull it out and alter my own clothes. I would love to learn how to do that. I'll let you know. I mean, I know it's, I know it's like, once you know, you know, but I think it's a lot to learn. So I'm sure it's going to be a while until I actually start sewing clothes. <laughs> I'll probably just journey. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm like, just going to get a bunch of fabric swatches and just like, like play around. My mom yeah. was like giving me some tips yesterday. So it'll be oh, fun. I love it. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Um, anyways. Okay. If you don't mind maybe you don't have any, but do you have any favorite brands that you feel like are a good place for people to start buying from have consistent sizing? (laughs) (laughs) Great question. Um, and I do actually get asked this quite a bit. So you think I would have a more definitive list, but, um, I'm still trying to like explore and, and research, but I would say maybe this, well, maybe it sounds obvious and maybe it doesn't. Um, I really like Target, you know, I mean, besides the fact that you can buy your groceries and your air conditioner and your clothes, mm. but like their, their clothing for me has usually been very good and consistent. Um, it certainly obviously depends on their different lines. You know, they've got their wild fable and their, um, other brands that I can't think of at the moment, but that they carry. Yeah. I can um, see that. I can like imagine the tag, but I can't like yeah, the little <laughs> purple or diamond or 
something like that. <laughs> yeah, close enough. <laughs> yeah, close enough. Um, but they've usually been pretty good, um, and you know, obviously, very affordable, and I think you know, pretty accessible to people. Um, so I do like Target, and actually, I have quite a few clothes from there. Um, I think that, well, at least for jeans. I've had a lot of luck with both American Eagle and good American. Mm -hmm. And I know good American is very, very expensive, but I tried my first pair uh, last year when I was doing like a jeans series of trying to find the best jeans. And I really didn't want them to be the best because they are, you know, in the hundreds, but they are so good. The waist is so comfortable. I do think their sizing is fairly consistent and I think it's pretty inclusive, although Again, this is speaking from a size 10. I'm not speaking as a plus size person. And so I don't want to, to fill that space where I don't belong. But from my limited research, I think they're fairly size inclusive. Um, American Eagle is a little less so from what I've seen, you know, certainly in stores, they don't carry the, the range of sizes that they absolutely need to. But I think their sizing is pretty good. I've had usually good luck there, at least for, for pants. Um, oh. Where else? That's really the... helpful. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Jeans. I know, like you mentioned, jeans are really difficult to find. Yeah, Levi's. I'm sorry, but who is fitting Levi's and why <laughs> is it so stiff? <laughs> I know. I know. I really, uh, really hated the, like going back to the hundred percent cotton denim trend. I can't, I tried. I very much tried. Mm-hmm. Can't. can't wait. This is a good, this is a good tip. So I like to say to, you know, elasticated waistbands are really helpful when you're just like in this journey and also having some like spandex or some sort of, I don't know what's another stretchy fabric in there, but yeah. yeah, So do you have any other uh, tips on fabric, fabric wise and fit wise, like things that you find are a little more helpful? Mm, Yeah. um, A few that probably a little obvious, but I just made a video on this. I've been thinking about it that um, like you said, having a little bit of spandex, a little bit of stretch, a little bit of elastane. Um, in my experience, I found that like 95% cotton and like five-ish percent spandex is a really good blend where they still look like denim. You know, they don't look like jeggings. No hate. Anyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my God. I'm sorry. You said no hate. I'm like laughing. <laughs> You're like, okay. PTSD, like, oh God, jeggings. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like the ones that are like literally look like jeans with the pockets. Oh my God. You the know? ones that came in no. the little box that you just yes, I your had those <laughs> <laughs> I think we all had them we all went through this okay <laughs> but hopefully like that uh, that blend doesn't look like that you know they still look like jeans they still look you know like real clothing and not leggings not that leggings aren't real clothing I love leggings mm-hmm. but um, but still give you that comfort and that room to move and not feeling like you want to die when you sit down or you bend mm-hmm. over um I think, yeah, Good American has a really good blend of that. And so does Madewell. I forgot to mention, I think um, kind of in the the list of I'm still turning the gears and trying to think of clothing brands that are fairly good with sizing. But I think Madewell is is pretty good for this, certainly in their denim. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 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 I'd like to say, too, like just it's not easy to buy secondhand, but if you are able if you have a very specific, like I'm trying to think of an example, like if you know you are a size this and this brand and you feel confident, it's it's worth a shot to look on like Depop or Poshmark or eBay if you can find that like exact 
situation um, that helps too, like financially. It's not always easy to do, but. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I've been actually shopping a lot on Poshmark. And that's why I was trying to think, you know, what are my recent purchases and where did I buy them from? And a lot are from Poshmark. And I, I love that, obviously, from the sustainability aspect, you know, even if you buy fast fashion pieces, at least you're giving them a second life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you, if you can, you know, figure out what the sizing is for a certain piece. And like you said, if you know you're sizing in a certain brand, like I've done that with like Princess Polly a little bit with Zara, although I have a lot of issues with Zara. Zara, Zara is not impressing me lately. Oh, yeah. It really is. They, I've always had a bit of a love hate relationship with Zara. I think they, they do trends. I'll say that they do micro trends, I think really well, you know, they are, I think a really good brand at identifying something that's taking off and like, oh, we're going to just mass produce, you know, a bunch of this trend mm-hmm. and try to try to get all the TikTok people to make it viral, um, which has worked for them in the last year. I really feel like they've blown up a lot, but yeah, their, their sizing is horrible. I've never had any luck with their jeans. Um, never either. Me so, either. Yeah, and, and so inconsistent even within their own brand. And like we said a while ago, if you know, your your size in a brand, you're probably good within that brand. Mm. Not for Zara. Mm-mm. You know, you I can be a large and a top. And then a couple months later, I try to buy a large and a jacket or whatever, and it doesn't fit, you know, and it's so annoying. <laughs> yeah, I have. I mean, I don't. I am a thin woman with, you know, I, I don't feel like I can fill the space here either, but I have had better luck with Aritzia than Zara. Mm. I don't know if you've ever purchased from Aritzia and I haven't purchased that much, but from what I've had, from what I have tried, it's been decent, but it is a little bit more expensive, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, but I have the Molina like leather pants from Aritzia. How are they? They're good. I bought a size up from what I normally wear. I bought a 12 just because, you know, the 10 didn't serve me. It didn't fit. Um, mm-hmm. I want it to be, I was like more comfort in the waist. Um, and they are nice. They're very hot. Um, oh, <laughs> really? I don't have those. Yeah. They're so hot. <laughs> so sticky. Oh, not good. That makes sense. Yeah. Especially for us. I mean, are you SoCal? Yeah, uh, NorCal or like Bay area, but still. Okay. Well, it's hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's pretty hot. Not for, not cold enough for leather pants. Certainly. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting when I think about fashion brands and again, from the little I've seen and I've researched because I'm not an expert in like fast fashion versus slow fashion, but you know, it, it disappoints me that brands like Aritzia that are more expensive and that you're paying more for are, you know, a probably using very unethical labor practices mm-hmm. and unsustainable, you know, methods of producing clothing, but also are not better with sizing, you know? And it's like, mm. what am I paying for then? You know, it's like it is. the label maybe, but um, yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing that I'm still trying to like investigate and, and weed out. Okay. Well, stay tuned. Everyone follow Emily. <laughs> I'll leave her Instagram. Demo. Stay tuned. She'll do it for us. Thank you. You're a hero. <laughs> <laughs> trying to do the Lord's work. <laughs> Seriously though. Like, but for real, I mean, you're saving people um, lots of money, I'm sure time and emotionally draining experiences. Um, so thank you for helping the world process <laughs> the world of clothing, the emotions that come with all oh, stuff. Yeah, of course. I, I really do enjoy doing it. And I, yeah, I'm just, I'm really lucky that people find it interesting. <laughs> they do. Helpful. Okay. My last question is what are some of the changes 
in the fashion world? I mean, you kind of mentioned some, but like as the collective humanity, you know, what would you like to see change? Maybe let's just start with like in the next couple of years. Hmm. Such a good question. Um, I feel like this is a continuation of something that's already happening, which is, is a positive um, and hopefully encouraging. Um, you know, in the, in the age of, of age of social media, I sound like I'm 60, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that, you know, because the algorithm that's the words thrown around a lot, but, you know, we're really placed into groups on the internet with people who share our own interests, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. You can definitely, you know, fall into some rabbit holes, but I think in general, it's a really, a really positive thing. And I certainly have found just an absolutely incredible community on, you know, both TikTok and Instagram and, you know, people that I, I hope relate to me and, and I relate to them. I mean, I get so many just humbling DMs from people talking about their, their journeys of eating disorder recovery and body image recovery and their own journeys. And it's, and it's, it's hard for me to even talk about just because I feel so humble and just like, so honored that they'd share this with me, but you know, that they've said, Oh, you sharing your own journey or like, you know, you talking about clothes has, has kickstarted my journey or has helped me get through something. And it's, it's really incredible. And I just love all of the people who are, who are with me and on social media. And I think that's important is, you know, finding these really kind, um, accepting spaces, you know, and, and I hope that continues, you know, I hope people can, can find those communities. Um, you know, I, I, I started doing TikTok, um, uh, last year or well, 2020, you know, mid pandemic, I had just moved to a new city. I'd started grad school and it was hard. I'm an extrovert and I love to go out. And I think I really found an outlet in social media and, and connecting with people online. And it's just been like really life-saving. And I hope that others find that, you know, um, yeah. and, and I, I hope that, you know, the, just, just overall, I, I hope people become more accepting of not only, you know, different, different body types and different, you know, skin tones and, and everything genders. And, but also just that people become more accepting of like human beings and humans, you know, people's feelings. And like we talked about at the very beginning, you know, just trying to accept where people are at. And I think that there has in the past just been so much pressure on people to change and, you know, specifically like women and, you know, the internalized just fat phobia and misogyny that we have in our society. You know, I really hope that like, you know, brick by brick, piece by piece, that we can start to dismantle this and start to just change the narrative. Um, and I do truly believe it'll, it takes, you know, a lot of kindness and a lot of openness and, you know, just trying to connect with people. Yeah. I really like that approach and people seeing your, like you mentioned, like these positive moments and these more like not so great low mood spirally moments or just trying to make light of them. That is success in my opinion of like seeing somebody who is successful and joyful and finding peace in their life where they are. And that is so beautiful. So yeah, just thank you for your work and for everything that you're doing. 
And thank you for, for being on this podcast. I'm really honored. I learned so much from you and I know that my audience did too. <laughs> oh, hey, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you and just to, to reach your audience and just thank you.